the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're talking today about investing in your team. I'm so excited about this. I love relationships. I love serving Jesus with people. And this is such an important uh, topic and subject for us as church leaders, because in order to get great things done, we have to be a part of a great team. In order to get great things done, we have to be a part of a great team. Uh, John Maxwell in the 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork uh, said, for the person trying to do everything alone, the game really is over. If you want to do something big, you must link up with others. One is too small of a number to achieve greatness. That is the law of significance. See, it's so important for us to be a part of a team to accomplish the vision that God has given us. And most people usually only think about of a leader of an organization or a church rather than a team. For example, I'm the pastor of Redemption Church Delray Beach. And most people, when they think of Delray or Redemption Church Delray, uh, they think of maybe me. But there are many great, godly, amazing leaders in our city that I serve with. Other pastors, other leaders, other people that are just having great influence for Jesus in our city. There are many people a part of our team of Redemption Church. It's not just Pastor Daniel. Actually, I can tell you firsthand, I wouldn't be able to get so much stuff I'm getting done without the amazing team that I have. Uh, They are great and they are amazing. But oftentimes when we think of uh, a great vision, we think of the person. Like when you think of Apple, you think of Steve Jobs. But he actually said, great things in business are never done by one person. They are done by a team of people. And see, we are in the greatest business of all, making disciples as followers of Jesus. And we have the best mission in the world. And so we're to do this mission with other people. And God actually has ordained teams to accomplish His mission and to get work done and to equip His body. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, you're probably familiar with these verses. But it says that He, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. See, God gave the church a team to equip the church. And for so many of us, because we're church leaders, we're a part of a team, and that is a good thing. And so we're probably even leading some teams as well. And so today in this this episode, I want to talk to you about how do we invest in our team members. And I wanted to do this, uh, and the first person I thought of about interviewing was Pastor Kelly. Uh, He's been an assistant pastor for many years in our area, Boynton Beach, uh, and actually um, is a part of the Calvary Chapel Fort Lauderdale family. Boynton Beach is one of their campuses. And so he's been faithfully serving Jesus and serving with a lot of different teams. And just being able to sit down and talk with them and glean wisdom was really a joy. We had a great conversation before we got on camera, during the camera, and then even after uh, we turned the camera off. And so, um, man, it was just a blessing to be able to sit down and glean from him. And I know that you're going to enjoy it as well. And so here's my conversation with Pastor Kelly talking about investing in your team. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, we are here with my good friend, Kelly. Kelly, uh, before we get into talking about teamwork today and teams, 
Give us just a little introduction about yourself and ministry experience. Ministry experience, well, um, so as you said, my name is Kelly and uh, I've had the privilege of being on staff um, at uh, a campus of Calvary Chapel uh, in Boynton Beach since 2006. Um, I've served in many different roles from like cleaning the toilets yep. to overseeing worship, student ministries. Um, currently, I am serving as an associate pastor there, so really looking at all the operations that happen on the weekend services, um, still overseeing the family ministry, um, and whatever else they let me touch, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. And so one of the reasons I want to interview you is because, man, I love campuses and how they really develop leaders and teams. It's like you have to be really great with systems, with leadership development, and um, your experience. I know we can glean a lot about how to develop leaders, how to work with teams, building culture, all that stuff. Right? You're the expert? No, I'm not the expert. <laughs> no, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it, yes. too. Yeah. So we were just talking beforehand. Yeah. Like, we could just talk for hours about ministry yeah. and stuff like that. But I'm like, wait, we, we should probably record some of this and actually talk about it so other people could hear about it. So Hopefully uh, learn from our mistakes. Oh, man, time. there's so many that I'm <laughs> so embarrassed to even share. Uh, we'll talk about this. Let's, let's get in the subject of teams and teamwork. And um, obviously when you're a campus pastor or even in, in that ministry um, setting, you deal with a lot of different groups of people and doing a lot of different things to accomplish a great vision. In Calvary Chapel with you know multiple campuses, thousands of people, um, it takes a lot of organization and planning and those type of things. Can you just tell us why it's so important to work in a team? Uh, whether that be, um, you know, different campus pastors and other stuff, but also in just at your campus, the, the ushering team, the parking team. Why is teamwork so important um, biblically and just practically when doing ministry? Yeah, I think, and I think you're probably on the same page. Uh, it's really exciting being a part of a bigger vision. Yeah. of what of what God's doing and you've probably heard the phrase if you want to go fast go alone yeah. but if you want to go far go with a team Ooh, that's good. so um, I think when we're working with a team it allows us to be part of something much bigger than we could ever accomplish ourselves. Um, and I think that's really exciting and being in a position as a as being at a campus it's kind of like uh, I have a unique vantage point because I see all the resources of Fort Lauderdale I'm employed by Fort Lauderdale, so I'm in a lot of meetings there, and I, I get to see um, kind of what a, a bigger church runs like, but then yet I get to bring that to our campus, mm -hmm. which is a lot smaller, um, and it's a, it's a completely completely different vantage point. And uh, for me, I've looked at it like at, at the campus level, we might not have all the exact resources of Fort Lauderdale, um, but to me, a big win is when we can accomplish a high-level ministry on a volunteer basis. Yeah, because that's that's something that's supernatural. That that takes the Lord to do that, uh -huh. um, and that's been kind of the the way that I've approached looking at our teams is um, raising up like a, a a volunteer team that can operate at a high level and really make a, an impact for the, for the kingdom. Yeah. So, and it's been exciting to see how that. Um, has happened um, and there's definitely a lot of learning lessons in, in doing that. Yeah. You know? So let's lean into that. How do you actually recruit volunteers uh, on the smaller campus size on, on people that you can't say, well, here's a paycheck for your service, but man, how do you, 
uh, inspire them, give them vision, help them dream with you, and then accomplish the great task to make disciples in a local context. Boynton Beach, which, Mm -hmm. you know, city right next to me, which I love. Blue collar. That's right. All the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So recruiting. And I think, I think probably anyone listening and you could agree with this. um, Sometimes in recruiting teams, we don't actually have a a choice. Sometimes we inherit teams. <laughs> yes. You know, it's kind of like who God is bringing to the table. And uh, I think that takes a lot of faith, a lot of philosophy of just believing the best in people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, if you were going to recruit a team, um, obviously I think observation is a big, big part of that. Okay. Um, and especially if it's a team for a specific task and you have the freedom to kind of handpick who you'd want, I think observation, like observing the the people that God has put around you, mm-hmm. um, watching their character. Um, I think unity is a big one, like yeah. seeing people that, uh, that you don't have to convince them about what's going on and the importance of it, like they're already there behind you. Um, seeing the integrity, like do they follow through in what they say? Are they yeah. consistent? You know, seeing that consistency. Um, and then I think this is a big one that gets underutilized is really trying to discover people's gifts and okay. talents, yeah. you know, prying into conversations. That's where the observation I think is really important. Uh, cause as say you are trying to develop a team for a specific ministry or event, you kind of have the vision of what you're looking for. Uh-huh. And then you're looking to see who has the gifts and talents, you know, that would really complement that. Yeah. See, but I like um, what you said, cause you're saying observe but that's even a ministry philosophy you're you're saying use what you got when god brings people to your your Mm. your network your influence your church start there and observe and be with them look for them and see those skills do you have any like um practical uh tools that you do for spiritual gifting testing or um do you interview people and just talk about like how do we understand people's gifts and their their calling how does that work out for like when you're observing you say well i think they're gifted in teaching but how do you test those things yeah and i think so often this is where we uh lose our teams and burn out our volunteers we put them in the wrong positions yeah and or we only have like two options you can you can greet and that's it you know it's (laughs) like and um and that can get discouraged and then you have some people that come up and they want to like they want to change you know they, they have such a big vision it's not that executable so um, I guess I'll give two, two ways, and I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, um, just being involved in ministry, not only on staff since 2006, but I, I volunteered 20 hours a week since like 1999. So kind of being in that, that experience of working with people, mm-hmm. I, I personally, like when I, I, I really try to learn people, you know, okay. I, I, I think I really appreciate God's unique like imprint in someone's life. So mm-hmm. I, when, when I sit down and talk to people, I really try to understand like what they're interested in, where they're at, what makes them tick, what are they passionate about? And a lot of times the gifting will reveal through there. Okay. Um, also with that observation, I'll just give you an example. Um, we have someone on our team that it's like, they always um, want a schedule. And like, even if, even if it's a situation that a schedule is not accounted for, and I've learned that that person's a strong admin, you yeah. know, like they, that's just the way they're wired. Or here's another one for a leader. If you can really, um, if you're secure enough for this, listen to what people are complaining about. 
Mm, yeah. Usually, sometimes what they're complaining about, if they have a deep passion and burden, it's not happening. Yep. They recognize it, they see it. And if uh, for so many years I would get really defensive and try to shut them down and explain why it can't work the way they're saying, to now I've learned. Like if they're really passionate that the children's ministry looks bland, I'm like, hey, they should do that. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. Let's come up with a plan and fix it. You know, or or they're they're whatever it is they want to see the content go deeper for the kids. You know, or um, you know what I'm saying. So Absolutely. I think I think um, really appreciating what like having taken the time to get to know people, and um, and then listening to like what they're what they see, what they're complaining about, um, what's that the passions they might have, you yeah. know, how they operate. Mm -hmm. So I hope, does that make sense? Oh, totally. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, uh, as a worship pastor specifically, sometimes I think as leaders, we have to like see that, but also step in and say, but you're not gifted in that. Like there's so many people oh. that come up and like, I want to do worship, but they're not skilled. And it's okay to say, no, God has another place for you because mm. you're going to be frustrated or maybe even people make fun of you mm -hmm. if you're off, t t like, off key and people notice that. And so it's a lot easier in the worship world, but in other places, it's just like that. As a leader, we need to place those people where God wants them to be and to help them through that. You know. So yeah, that that is a hard place to be when someone's really passionate about something yeah. and, and you have to be the one to kind of break the news to them. Uh -huh. um, and, you know... I think um, it's kind of there's a couple different camps there. I'm I'm under the camp that believes like anyone can accomplish anything, but some people have a longer road to get there. Yes. You know, so if someone really wants to be on the worship team, but they don't have a lot of natural talent, mm -hmm. um, not that I would say, hey, you're going to be on the worship team, but there would be some steps along that. Process yeah, take like music classes, yeah, do this training, get like, some vocal. Like I can champion you, but at the same time, going, I think there's going to be a quite a ways to get there. How how bad you want to fight for that? Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, that same person, I would try to dangle something else that I see them interested in mm -hmm. to try to divert that attention into something that 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 is going to be their sweet spot. Yeah, that's you know? good. Yeah, because um, it may take years to get to that place or that capacity or whatever. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use them today and is equipped them today to do something. Now, I find that's like real discipleship is being willing to tell people the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had a situation recently where someone taught a Wednesday night. And, um, you know, I, like afterwards, I, I can tell there was a couple rough moments uh -huh. in, in the message and in, in the crowd and some of the execution of things that happened. And. And I've been there a million times. So, and you always walk out of the situation wondering how that go. And there's always a couple people that tell you everything's great, and that's all you hear, you know. Yeah. So I, I called this person up the next day and was like, "Hey, what what did you think about that? How do you think that went?" And um, they're like, "I don't really know." My wife tells me it was great. A couple people told me great. I really don't know. Hmm. And I was like, "Well, hey, let would you be open to some feedback?" And was able to share some feedback. Um, I always been on the side of encouragement, but but yeah. but honest, the person told me, and and this is someone that's been in the church for like twenty plus years. They're like, you were the first person that's ever like give me feedback after a teaching. Yeah, they were so blessed. They were so, uh, I think, energized even by that. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, because if you do it in a way out of love, we're just supposed to speak truth and love. We want people to get better to accomplish the vision. It's greater than just ourselves, and sometimes we have to say. We may not be the person to do that vision. I may not be the leader. You may not be the leader, 
but there are different gifts. There's different capacity, and that's okay. Part of God's team. The Bible, the Bible says that we all have different gifts, different capacity, and we're all to do it together for the glory of God, and that's okay. And teaching those people discipleship moments, and I think, I think being part of a of of, of a team trying to do great things for the Lord, you can get discouraged for misplacement, but you mm-hmm. can also be placed in the right place where God wants you, and it's still rough. It's still hard. Oh yeah, right. And so, how do you? Bring encouragement to your team. How, how do you celebrate and lift them up? And just the natural bend of, okay, it's another Sunday, guys, where, you know, this is valuable. Like, what are ways that you purposely or intentionally encourage people on your team to, to keep going for that task and to keep working, you know? Even though the Word of God says we do not labor in vain, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, keep yeah. steadfast and movable for we know that we don't labor in vain. God encourages us to keep on going. How do we as His ambassadors do that with the people that are under us? Yeah, um, there's, once again, I'm going to just focus in on two ways. The first one, just to directly answer your question, um, I think learning how to see the fruit, learning how to see what God is actually doing. Um, yeah. And so often, uh, especially when, when you're involved in the trench, hands-on, you're, you're usually going to see what's gone wrong. You have in your mind what you want uh-huh. and what executed might not have been at that level. Yeah. Everyone from the outside thinks everything was amazing, but you walk <laughs> away frustrated. So I think with teams, um, this is something that I'm doing right now with the teams. Uh, when I have my one-on-ones is coming up with, hey, w- what was a God story of this month or this week? And really trying to be very intentional about looking for it because God is always working around us. And if he isn't working in it, we probably shouldn't be doing it anyways. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, but those God stories, they're so energizing. I mean, just us talking before this, you tell me the God stories about the benevolence and community. It was amazing. It's yeah. energizing. So um, we can get so cynical. We can move so fast that that uh, it's important to stop and see the God story. So for me as a leader, I try to, I'm trying to build our teams to look mm, for those and cool. highlight them. Yeah. The other one is, and this has this goes along the lines of being involved in, like, being involved in doing what you're gifted to do in your sweet spot, mm-hmm. passion-based um, ministry, is when when you're building these teams, and you know that the person has the right giftings mm-hmm. for something, and they have a lot of passion and vision for that. I think they are going to be more willing to work through a lot more adversity. Yeah. Because as you're saying, like, we're going to have adversity. And, and, and as a leader, looking back and before you launch something that's going to happen, you can see everyone really excited, but you're looking like <laughs> two months, three, four, four months. Yeah. Are they going to have the steam to carry through that? Yep. And when someone has a really deep burden, they're going to be and passion, they're going to be more willing to push through those barriers. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's part of really trying to align where we're working in our sweet spots. Because yeah. if we're working in our sweet spot, we're going to fight through that discouragement differently. Yeah. How do you develop people in their sweet spots? So say they are passionate, they are gifted. How do you just to continue to encourage them to develop in those things? What is your development for your team? One thing I notice is you develop through relationships. Because mm-hmm. you said, oh, yeah. my one-on-one yeah. meetings. Like, what does that look like? Like, So can you give a little bit more detail or dig down a little bit deeper? And what does a one-on-one meeting with the Kelly, Pastor <laughs> Kelly, look like? Like, you know oh, what I mean? Boy. But I, yeah. I just yeah. feel like, yeah. well, what, what, what is that? What are those things? Because it seems like you're already doing that, you know, with your team. Yeah. So um, these one-on-ones I'm talking about are with 
direct staff that okay. that that I'm working with, uh-huh. and it's it's a format I've been working on for about two years, um, and have, and currently uh, it, it's kind of like a a, a checkpoint okay. of looking back at the past month, and and there's some questions and these one-on-ones that are um it's very easy for us to go through and give the spiritual answers you know i i I woke up i did this and this is what i did so these one-on-ones i i i i pose questions like what would be a verse that describes last month for you and it's and it's kind of and then i say what what would be a verse to describe that and why so I'm trying to assess and hear how God is speaking to this individual person. Mm-hmm. And I want them to think about it. Yeah. I want them to have the freedom to really be honest mm-hmm. and to really look look back and 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 look at it in just one month increments because you could have had a terrible six months and then yesterday had a great day and we were doing our one on one, you're like, Oh, things are great. God showed me this yesterday. <laughs> wow, that's wild. But we're not talking about the past month, you yeah. know. So or vice versa. You yeah. have a Great six months and one low day, and you're like, oh, you know, and you've been. Yeah, that's great. So that's just these these month to month questions. A question, you know, verse. Um, I asked for the God story. Okay. And it, this specific team is starting to kind of go, uh, like they weren't thinking about the God stories. Now they are. Because they know they have to give an account and be like, oh, he's going to ask me about the God exactly. story. Exactly. That's it's, it's making them think about it. Okay. You know. So now they're actually embedded looking. For a God story when they're with the team and dips that and the other because they know accountability is going to help. It's yeah, they're going to be asked about yeah. it, you okay. know, even if they're scrambling in <laughs> the first couple months. But now it starts working routine. Then um, another one is I say, what's a tension point? You know, what what is something that went wrong? Because once again, you can get in a room and you want to say everything that's right, yeah. or you want to say everything that's wrong, and and we only go back a month. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the year. We're just looking at the month, yeah. and it gives us a it gives that person a chance to air that out. And then the last one is, what is an area you'd like to grow in? Hmm. And it's sometimes that can just come across as like you're not doing good enough. You need to grow. But if we look at it in one month increments, and we're looking at it in the basis of we all can grow. Yeah, it's not a failure. Uh-huh. Wanting to grow is not a failure. So, and I'm trying to hold them accountable to whatever input they give me. Yeah, you know, and, and the ways that they want to grow. I love that because, like, even in our community groups at church, we always ask two main questions: What is God teaching you, mm-hmm. and how can we help you with that? Because it assumes that you're going to look and God is teaching you. He does speak. He is alive. You have a relationship with Him, and then accountability: How can we support you, encourage you, and do those things? And like you said, people get accustomed to that. So then they started looking for it. And that's mm-hmm. how you build good culture uh, through that relationship and through those one-on-ones. Yeah, so back to thinking about team and helping people be in the sweet spot, you yeah. know, the, the, the area that God's gifted them. And um, obviously that's a journey for all of us. Uh-huh. And there's a couple things that came to my mind when you mentioned that. And I think the more we want to grow as a leader and be entrusted with a bigger team mm-hmm. um, and with a more impactful team, a lot of that is kind of us finding our sweet spots and really being honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is the more we can see big picture and the more we can put our own insecurities and agendas aside yeah. for the better of the team, the more we're going to be open to people's sweet spots. Because sometimes I find that someone might be really strong, but they're challenging the leader. The leader is now insecure with that strength. Hmm. that their spot is on the line. Like yeah. this person's a stronger teacher. 
I'm not going to let them teach. Yeah. You know, and so this has been a real learning curve for me to to learn how to operate with a team with people on the team that have stronger giftings in areas that I don't. Yeah. And being able to look at those giftings and go, we're going to run with this person's <laughs> gifting, and we're going to give them room to shine, and and realizing that when when one person wins on the team, the whole team wins. Yeah. Um, and really, as a leader, what I'm finding, the more I'm able to do that, the more God entrusts me with a bigger team. Yeah, it's you know? amazing. I yeah. remember being on a band, and it was a running joke that even though I was a singer-songwriter and the main vocal, the leader of the band, I was the worst musician on the band. <laughs> and that's why we were good, right? Because uh-huh. uh-huh. I was just like, no, the main goal is not for me, but to elevate us. And if I want to elevate us, not only do I need to approve, like you said, work through my insecurities and stuff, but also embrace the grace that God has on people's lives and say, yeah, we're using all of it to ultimately glorify Him. It's not glorifying me. I'm running the team. I'm the lead singer. But boom, we, we do this thing together. And, and that makes better teams. And I think that's why it's so important for... Um, us to walk in love as leaders mm. and as team members. How how important is that? Is love, trust, and just relationship in a team to be able to do great things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's essential, really. I mean, Jesus says we'll we'll know he'll we'll know he'll know us by our love. Yeah, I probably misquoted that, but that, you, they'll you, know you, they'll know each other. They'll know one another by uh, they'll know. I misquoted it. Yeah. I don't know. You get it though. That's right. It's in, it's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. So they'll know it's, it's, one another. They'll know our love. I'm moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put it in there. We'll slide it in there. That's right. Okay. But you understand that, and um, you know, I think if we want to have, if we're if we're doing kingdom work and we want to have eternal impact, uh-huh. um, it's it's the relationship part is essential. I mean, it it. it that that's that's what's going to dive deeper into I think people's hearts uh-huh. and into people being open, people being transparent. I just believe those are the arenas that God is going to work. Mm-hmm. If we want to be superficial and just produce something, and there's people that do it well, yeah. you know. Um, and I don't describe. I I love production. I think it's really cool. Like I used <laughs> yeah. to think it was unspiritual, but it's. I think it's pretty cool. But man, there's just something about that authenticity that uh that just it pulls people in a way in in a way that you just can't script you yeah. know that that rawness um and and what it takes for for unity with a team with um is being honest hmm. and those are tough conversations those are um they're confrontational they're 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 not fun but um but i i just i see that that's that's the area where the spirit comes in and works supernaturally. Because then you see a group of people together that you're like, there is no way that group is yeah. operating together without the Lord. Like uh-huh. what, what's happening there does, does not happen superficially, you yeah. know? And it, and it pulls people into question like, how, how are they doing that? Why are they doing that, you know? Yeah. I would never expect them to be hanging out. And, but I think so, that's important. Yeah. Like, like their relationship to love side is, you know, people often don't care what you say unless they know that you care. And so you have to have that trust, that honest, hard conversation, but people will embrace that and accept that if you know, if they know that you're doing it not to put them down, but to actually Mm -hmm. elevate them, elevate the team and to do it out of love, you know? And so as we build relationships with our team members, it's important. We actually build relationship through adversity, Proverbs say. Mm -hmm. That's how we actually 
form a lot of yeah. friendships. And mo- most of the close friends that we have are people in our uh, that we're doing ministry with because we're accomplishing this great task that, like you said, the world can't, <laughs> like, <laughs> why in the world are they doing that? It must be God. And we recognize that. We see God's grace. And that's, I think, why people lean in towards team because we're built for community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't have the capacity, the strength to do everything. I need you. You need me. And we're better together. You know, woes to those that just walk with one person. But, you know, if you walk with someone else, then you fall. That person can pick you up. Yeah. So, man, just thinking about teams and thinking about teamwork, culture, all that stuff. Is there any last thoughts or encouragement that you just have on the subject that you just want to maybe just encourage us with um, as we're leading teams, as we're a part of teams, um, and just thinking about teamwork? Yeah, and I guess this last bit kind of ties into what we were just talking about, um, just the importance of that, of the, the loving relationships. Yeah. Um, with, with teams, it's very easy in church culture to have our identity caught up in what we do. Yeah. You know, like our identity can be like, I run sound, mm-hmm. I teach, I do this. And that becomes what at some point enters into burnout or becomes unsustainable for the team. And that's where we just have these huge gaps where someone's identity is caught up in this, so they never develop anybody for that. And then they either move or something happens. Now there's this big void. Yep. Oh, that so, happens all the time. So here's my last bit of advice. Um, don't allow your identity to get caught up in what you do. Allow yeah. it to be in the Lord and what Jesus has for you. Being fresh and open, that knowing that each one of us are uniquely different. And as much as we like to compare and we can learn from each other, uh-huh. it's like He has such a unique path for each and every one of us individually. We can embrace that. And we can, we can wake up and be excited about what God has for us personally, mm. whether it's going to be in my position now, in a different church, in the work field, whatever it's going to be, yeah. just knowing that God, our identity is in who we are in Him. Yeah. You know, we're, we're created in His image, yep. and He's on our side, and He's got our back, and allowing our identity to be caught up in that, mm. and not in the team and not in what we do. Man, that's so good. Man, this has been an amazing time. I know that... Like, I'm excited to edit this, or not even edit, just push play and watch it again. Mm. Uh, because sometimes when you're talking, I'm like, oh, I wish I, I need to write those four questions down and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad that there's actually notes, the summary. Uh, we'll get work on that. And, um, you know, I've even noticed just a blessing of being a part of a team with E Leaders, this podcast. Mm. This is yeah. going to be on season yeah. two. And there's even more interviews in season two because I just love connecting with people and, and seeing their gifts and um, I see that in you. I see that you're being used by God in so uh, such a great way, and you are gifting this, passionate about it. Like we said before, even when we started filming, we could just we could talk about this for hours. It's our life. We oh, yeah. love it. And so I appreciate what you're doing in our area, uh, my neighboring city, Boynton Beach. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I hope that was a blessing to you. And um, man, thanks again so much, Kelly, for just sharing that wisdom with us, dropping the encouragement, and just doing what you do, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, in order to be a part of a healthy team, you really need to know your strengths and your weaknesses and your team members' strengths and your weaknesses. When we do this, we're able to support one another rather than comparing one another. And this is exactly what David Baldwin's talking about in his one piece of advice. He's saying you need to know your one thing. What's your purpose? 
What's your mission? What are your strengths? How do you how do you identify them and live for that? Know your one thing. If we're all about Jesus, we're going to bend our lives and gear our lives towards him and his mission and his will. And so it's good to identify that and to live it out. And this is something that David Baldwin has really done, lived out this one thing to just make disciples. Uh, and it's looked differently in his life. For a few years, he actually was a part of uh, Redemption Church Delray Beach. I remember uh, I was teaching and um, he came in as a visitor and there was 12 people when we were meeting downtown in Delray Beach. And uh, he said the reason he stayed was just because I had so much joy and smiling as I taught. And we built a relationship and he just learned to what it looked like to be missional and to make disciples. And really so much so that uh, he decided to leave our church in a good way because he wanted to be missional in the city next over where he lived in Boca. And so he uh, was with us for a few years making disciples and then went to Boca actually went on staff at Boca Community Church. At the time I filmed this one piece of advice, he was the Church United Director for Boca Delray uh, area because he was all about making disciples. And it looked differently. Uh, currently, you could be praying for him. He actually just is starting to plant a micro church in Boca. I just recently texted him back and forth this last month, and he's already seen two people get baptized and saved. And so it's just really incredible uh, to have this guy that lives out his faith and it's a simple one piece of advice, but I just want you to know the backstory that this is a guy that loves Jesus, is making disciples, and it may look differently, but he knows his one thing, to give glory to God with his life, and he's doing just that. So be praying for him, and here is his one piece of advice video. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hi, I'm Dave Baldwin. I am the director for Church United for the Boca del Rey region. And uh, my one piece of advice is to know your one thing. And uh, for me, I get a lot of inspiration from um, King Solomon. And he had this dream, and in this dream, God said, ask whatever you want me to give you. And King Solomon basically just came back and said, give me wisdom to lead your people. And God gave him an incredible amount of wisdom because he didn't ask for wealth or any vanities of the world or death to his enemies. And with that wisdom, uh, he tested pleasures out there, all the different vanities in this world. And... I reflect back at the time where that's what I was chasing. I'm a CPA by trade. Uh, I, you know, I love business and at that time I loved making money and that I was on the fast track of doing all that until the day uh, my mom died and it just rocked my world. Uh, she was a great inspiration in my life, a great cheerleader for me. and. Uh, I just remember reflecting back on the times, you know, it's, you know, after coming home uh, after her death and, and um, you know, my home no longer comforted me. Uh, the sports car I was driving home in didn't comfort me. My boat didn't comfort me. Uh, at the time, uh, I had my name on the building of my business. And uh, when I pull up to the office, um, my name now was just a bunch of letters on a building. Uh, what once gave me great pride just didn't mean anything. 
So I reflect back on um, King Solomon and this dream and, uh, and how he used his wisdom. And I just realized that, you know, he tested all, he used all that wisdom to test the pleasures of life. And he came back just and finally concluded all these vanities are meaningless. And the thing to do is just to fear God, to have that personal relationship, to be obedient to his commands and to follow his ways. So that's my piece of advice is to know your one thing. Well, as we move forward thinking about teams, we actually need to give clarity when we're leading teams. And so that's going to be the next episode where Pastor Bill Mitchell is going to talk about leading with clarity, really helping our team and and guiding them into the right direction based off of our vision, mission, values, and objectives. And, And what does that even look like, not only for the team, but for you personally. Uh, This is such a great subject to address when we're leading teams, giving directions, and so I know you're going to benefit from it. But until then, I'm praying for you, for your team, that you continue to make disciples. I'm really glad that you're a part of this community. I'm praying for you. I hope this is a blessing to you to invest in you uh, to continue to further the mission that God has called you to do. So until next time, God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.